This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. I've been preparing for this all my life. Here's Porter on hard and taking him to school. What a great play by Jay Shante. KJ Martin climbed Bobon Mountain. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. And you've seen tonight that we, we fought together, we stayed together, and it's about damn time, man. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What is up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your very next order. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well well as at Apollo HOU. Now joining us is an extremely special guest, sniper for the Houston Rockets, Armani Brooks. Armani, how's it going, my guy? I'm doing good, my man. I'm really glad that you uh, asked me to be on the show. Well, we are excited to have you. This is an awesome opportunity to get to know you a little bit more, to kind of you know understand your journey, what you've kind of you know gone through to get to this point. And to learn really just about you, about Armani Brooks. And I really want to start at the University of Houston and ask you a little bit about your time there. And so first things first is just, you know, right out the gate, how did your time at U of H really prepare you for these steps at the next level, both with the G League and now the NBA? Yeah, you know, just going to the University of Houston, it was such a big advantage because Coach Sampson is an NBA coach, like he has NBA experience. And so, um, you know, being able to play inside a system that's a little bit more catered to a co- to an NBA system than the, you know most college programs would be, I think it allows for a lot of um, a lot better carryover in terms of um, you know knowing where you'll get your shots from, knowing how to pick your shots, and um, just playing hard. To be honest, we play so hard at UH. And a lot of that, I mean, that that's very like reflective of Coach Kelvin Sampson's style, right? I mean, he mm-hmm. you know he's talked before about he 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 doesn't want you know, necessarily like the flashiest player. He wants guys that are good, coachable guys. And from somebody who covered you while you were at University of Houston, as well as the other guys that were there, Corey Davis, Nate Hinton, I mean, so many great guys, great names. That's what a lot of y'all brought to the table, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, you know, a lot of us coming out of high school, I don't think any of us were over four-star recruits. And so, um, he you know, he'll go for the under-the-radar guys and we'll get there, but we're going to play hard. We're going to play together. And we're gonna play. We're just gonna play the right way. And uh, when you get a bunch of guys, they all commit to that plan, that plan style. It can be really hard to beat. Do you still keep in touch with Coach Sampson? And you know, if you do, what what kind of advice has he kind of given to you along this this journey of yours? Yeah, we still talk almost every, probably every week. I go up to UH, you know, to go visit him and stuff. And he just tells me to to um, not lose track of what got me there. You know, still working hard. Um, you know, being a good person on and off the floor, and just living life the right way because life rewards good people. Absolutely. I no no argument there. Um what what is it what does it say about the UH program, Armani, that you've got guys like now you, Nate Hinton, Damian Dotson, all making it to the NBA level? Yeah, it's just you know, it just shows that um you don't have to go to a Kansas or a, you know, a, a super high level school or you know, a well known school, I should say. And um, you know, to go to the NBA. Um if you have talent like and you work hard, the teams will find you and 
the grind and the work that you put in is going to eventually show when it matters. And um, if you're an NBA player, they'll find you no matter where you're at. All right. Now, I got I got to know, as a Cougar, what was your favorite moment? Oh, man. Probably going to the Sweet 16. I think that was huge. Uh, we were so close, you know, the year before. And, um, you know, but finally being able to get over that hump and get to that Sweet 16 and play against a well-known program like Kentucky was huge. And, um, you know, we ended up losing that game, but it's still a, it's still a moment that you will never take for granted. Was there a little part of you that, had, you know, maybe had – like a little bit of that feeling of like unfinished business. And was that something that you considered before you eventually declared for the draft? How did that, how did that process go about in your mind? Yeah. Once I, once the season ended, I really like sat there and I thought for a while, cause I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, initially I really did plan on going back. I was just going to get a little feedback to see what was going on. But um, I got, I was getting some good feedback from the teams and, I just decided to take a chance. And um, it was super hard decision. Literally came down to like the last 30 minutes before the deadline ended. And um, But I just took a chance on myself. And um, yeah, now we're here. What was, what was that ultimate deciding factor? You say it comes down to the wire. Was there, who were you talking to? Who was in your corner? You know, what, what was the final like push where you're like, you know what, this is what I got to do for me? Um, honestly, I just followed my heart. My, you know, I was like, man, anything can happen. So, um, I would just follow my heart and chase my dream of playing in the NBA. And um, it took a year longer than I planned on it taking. But, um, you know, it's it's something I wouldn't change at all. And it's paid off now. Hey, yes. you guard yes. for the Houston Rockets, and that's what we yes. like to see. So, you know, and, and the next step in that journey, right, was the G League. And we're now seeing the G League grow and become even an alternative to the college route for athletes. So as someone who's kind of done both sides now, college and G League, how would you compare the two? The G League is a lot more fast paced because there's a lot more time. Um, There's a lot more time in the games. There's a lot more space to really just like if you're a really good athlete, the G League is probably a better I feel like like a better athlete because there's just so much more space in the NBA game than there is in college. Um, and then the biggest thing I feel like the G League will help you with is the defensive end, though, because every night you're playing against a guard that's a pro. Like, regardless of, you know what I'm saying, whether you're playing against Dame or a two-way guy, like, they pros. And, um, you know, I think that'll really help you adjust if you're going to make that jump to be an NBA player. Obviously, you got a lot of ties to the University of Houston, but if you could, you know, go back in your mind and have a chance to potentially go straight to the G league. Like you're seeing some of some of your peers do now versus the college route. Would you do that? Or would you still, you, would you still take the college route instead? Yeah, I probably would have stayed the college route. Cause I didn't coming out of high school. I don't think I would have been physically ready to play in the G league and, um, or even like physically, mentally, like I, I don't, I just wouldn't have been a good enough player to play in the G league to be honest, coming out of high school. So I probably would just go back to college. Okay. While you were with the Vipers, what area of your game do you feel like grew the most while you spent time down there? Probably my playmaking ability. Um, you know, my first year I was not a playmaker at all. Like I was just straight, strictly scoring. But um, my second year when I was with the Vipers in the bubble, I upped my scoring and my um, my assists per game. And um, that was a big emphasis for me this offseason was becoming a better pick and roll player, you know, making reads out of those um, coming off screens. And um, I feel like that was probably the game, my part of my game that developed the most. I'm glad you bring that up because that was actually, I, I had this written down for a question a little bit later <laughs> on, but we can get to it now. We can, <laughs> we can jump around a little bit um, if that's okay with you. Yeah, for um, sure. 
So, you know, I was going to ask you, where do you feel like, you know, obviously everybody associate, associates you as a sniper. It's, you know, mm-hmm. cold-blooded shooter. What area of your game do you feel like doesn't get enough recognition that you that you think, hey, man, I'm, I'm pretty good at this, too. Y'all should give me some props for this. Probably my playmaking, to be honest. Um, Like, it's still, obviously, it's still in development. But, um, like, I feel like I'm a... Uh, a be- a little bit above average playmaker, you know, coming off screens and making pocket passes and stuff like that. And, um, you know, as I continue to develop that part of my game, I hope that that's something that people can, um, you know, know that I'm, I'm going to come out and do every night. And kind of an extension of that, I wanted to know from you personally, where do you feel like you are most deadly on a court? Is it is it catch and shoot situations? Is it dribble handoffs? Is it, you know, ball in your hands coming up, you know, pick and roll, ISO? Where do you feel like you are at your best on the basketball court? Uh, definitely catch and shoot, I would say. Coming off DA, I'm decent at coming off DHOs too and being able to make reads out of that, but definitely catching and shooting or Playing off of DHO are probably my two favorite and most effective, um, you know, action. So, Armani, tell us a little bit about Coach Abdel Fattah and, you know, how he approaches things with the Vipers. We've heard before that the Vipers try to run a similar system, keep some schemes and principles that are the same as the Rockets. That way, mm-hmm. when they when they bring guys up from the Vipers, you know, it's not this sudden drastic change. Everything's kind of, in principle, very similar. So tell us about him and kind of what you learned about that system and how that prepared you for your stint with the Rockets. Yeah, for sure. He was, Coach is such a he's such an energetic and enthusiastic person. Like he's so positive about everything. So it's really almost impossible not to love him because every day he just wake up and he just say, God bless. Those are his favorite words. God bless. But, um, you know, in terms of our system, like it's literally almost identical to the Rockets, like same plays on offense, same spacing, same defensive concepts. Um, everything's pretty much identical, to be honest. Um, there's a few subtle changes that, you know, the Rockets do, but, um, for the most part, it's really like a seamless flow, and it really it really worked out well when you get if you ever get that call up. You talking about Abdel Fattah and, and and what it was like, you know, playing for him. I've heard great things about him, and I've heard mm-hmm. that above all else, what stands out really is his work ethic and how yeah. how much he exemplifies that. What does that mean to you as a player to see, you know, your coach or, or other guys in, in positions of leadership that you're looking up to, taking advice from, taking direction from, but seeing them lead by example like that? Yeah, definitely. When you have someone that's the leader of the team working hard, like it just shows you how much he wants the team to succeed. So it makes you want to commit that much harder to playing hard for him and, um, you know, not letting him down and not letting all his work go to waste. And um, so it's great to have a person at the head that works harder, if not it works as hard, if not harder than the players. do. Coming up, what was it like for Armani finding out the Rockets had signed him into a deal? But first, a quick message from our friends over at rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, whereas rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. rockauto.com offers the lowest possible prices rather than changing their prices around based on what the market will bear, kind of like what airlines do. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even brand new carpet. So whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com 
And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, chatting with Rockets guard Armani Brooks. So in the G League with with the Vipers also down there, we had Kevin Porter Jr., K.J. Martin there, were there with you. What's it like having gone through that experience and growing you know, with the Vipers and growing alongside them and then all being brought back into the fold for the Rockets? You know, it's just great to go into a situation where you actually know people. Um, a lot of times people will go to an NBA team and, and not um, know really anyone. And so it'll be like a, a hard adjustment. But having people there that, you know, that vouch for you and um, who um, got your back because they just know you and they know how you play and they've been through things with you. Like the bubble wasn't easy to just sit there and go through. It was pretty difficult. So um, we really got to know each other. And, um, you know, it really helps your friendship and your chemistry um, when you're playing on the court together. All right. Do you, do you, how, when you talking to Kevin, do you call him Kevin? Do you call him Scoot? You call him KPJ? What we got to, we got to settle this because we're getting a lot of different like verbiage from a lot of different people. I call I call him KP. A lot of people call him KPJ. I think KPJ too long of a name. I think Scoot. I just don't. I can't say Scoot. I've never said Scoot not one time. I don't think. I just call him KP, and he responds to it. <laughs> hey, all right, there we go. We got that one settled. Now, Armani, what exactly happened when you got the call from the Rockets? I've heard different versions of this. You were you were like literally in an airport getting ready to fly overseas, yeah. right? Yeah, I just flew. I just got off my flight from LA. I mean, from Austin to LA, and um, I was on my layover before going to New Zealand, and um, I was getting my bags off the um, off the baggage claim, and my agent called and was like, "Yeah, where you at?" I was like, "I just got the plane," and he was like, "Yeah, well, you need to turn around and come back to Houston." I was like, "What you talking about?" He was like, "Man, you just got signed to a two way," and I was like, "Bro, stop playing." And to make it so much worse, it was April Fool's Day, so I was like, "Man, look," I was like, "Bro, don't," play. <laughs> I was like, "Don't be playing with me, bro." <laughs> I was like, "Do not play with me like that." He was like, no, I swear, we're about to book you a flight so you can get back to Houston ASAP. And I went from L.A. back to Houston. What was it like? So, I mean, you get that phone call and, you know, what was it like? What was the the moment going through your mind? Were you thinking, like, this is what all that hard work has led up to? Like, you just had that moment. Was it like, was it relief? Was it excitement? Were you a little nervous? What was going through your mind, man? Yeah, I was nervous, excited, um, shocked that it happened at that time. Um it was just crazy how, how it all worked out. Like I felt like if they hadn't called by now, like I didn't think I was going to get a call until maybe after the, um, after the summer. So um, for it to happen at that moment. And it was, it was a, it was a great moment. It was a great feeling. If it's okay to ask, who was the first person that you told in your circle when you got the news? Oh, I called my mom. Yeah. Right. As soon as I got off the phone, my agent, I called my mom. I was like, Mom, I'm going to Houston. She was like, what you mean? And then they started crying on the phone and stuff. This is a great story. So who, who was, when, when you made it, when you finally touched back down in Houston, you know, what was that process like? You, you go sign the contract. Are you sitting there with, with Rafael Stone? How, did, how does that work? Did it kind of feel surreal a little bit? Or how did all that play out? Yeah, actually, I had to stay in the hotel for like three days to quarantine. That's right. And to like get, get like negative tests. So I actually signed my contract via DocuSign. It was online. And so, um, you know, you didn't get the, the real feeling of signing it in the GM's office. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's but, a little um, anticlimactic, but I guess that's just yeah, how it but, is right now with COVID. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, but, you know, signing that contract, it was a great feeling just seeing NBA on the contract, my name, stuff like that. So, uh, <laughs> and so um, it was just a great feeling. 
All right. Any was there any significance behind jersey number seven for you? I, you know, I know as soon as we got the news that you were signing, I was sitting there racking my brain. I'm like, all right, what number are he gonna rock? <laughs> uh, actually, our equipment guy just texted me one day. He was like, I just had to give you a random number because they told me that you might play tonight, and so I just gave you a random number. I was gonna try to get number twelve, but I was just thankful to even have a be on the team. So I was like, whatever, whatever number worked. All right, there we go. So, so okay. So here's the question: Is are you going to stick with number seven, or are you going to switch to number twelve if you get the opportunity? Oh, number seven been kind of grew on me. On I don't know. I'll probably stick with seven to be honest. I'm, it's kind of growing on me. All right. Um, now, Armani, do, do you remember what you were feeling as you checked into your first NBA game against the Clippers? That was your first one. Once when I when my name got called, I was really nervous. Like I got butterflies instantly. And, um, you know, even though it wasn't like a – it's not like it was a three-point game or nothing. But, um, you know, I checked in and I was like, bro, I'm at, like I'm on the floor in the Staples Center. Like, this is crazy. And it was just, it's just something that you grow up dreaming about. So, you know, you check in, get the butterflies, and then you touch the ball for the first time and it just kind of goes away. Because then in that moment you're like, this is what I've worked for my entire life. So I got to try to take full advantage of this. Did, did you grow up a Rockets fan or did you, were you a fan of another team growing up? I was a Lakers fan. Just my dad was a Lakers fan, so like it was just all I knew. And um, Kobe was a great player, obviously. And so, um, yeah, that was I was definitely a Lakers fan. So playing on the Staples Center floor with the Lakers logo was so big to me. It was like the biggest thing in the world. All right, and then your your first game where you hit your first bucket. That one you talk about it not being a close game. That one actually wound up being a pretty close game mm-hmm. in large part because of you. Because as you have said yourself before, that. Your teammates, you refer to yourself as a microwave scorer, which is 110% true. You checked into that Suns game and went on a tear. What was that like, hitting that first bucket and then hitting a bunch more buckets to go with it? Um, You know, I think the biggest thing is seeing the ball go through the basket because then in your head you're like, okay, maybe I can do something at this level. And um, I feel like that's a big obstacle and a big hurdle. And so being able to see the ball go through the basket, it was like, okay, I know I can make shots, so now let's just play. And after that, it was just, you know, it was just a feel and just playing my game. And um, the coaches let you play with freedom. The teammates let you play with freedom. They um, give you confidence. And when other people have confidence in you, it really makes your confidence skyrocket. And so um, it just made it that much easier. You talk about standing on the Staples Center floor, but it, was there maybe another moment that was like your, your welcome to the NBA moment, like an actual, like a play or something that stands out in your mind where you're like, you had this, this moment where your eyes get a little wide and you're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm here now. Uh, probably our second game I didn't play in this game when we played the Warriors and I just remember at halftime I think Steph Curry only had like eight points and I was like oh we're doing a really good job containing him next thing I know he got 32 I'm like yo I'm like what happened and I feel like that was my moment because I'm like bro like these dudes you can't make any mistakes when you're on defense like they're gonna make you pay every single time and going against great players every night it's so hard not to try to be perfect because basketball is an imperfect game. But um, you got to try your hardest. And I feel like just seeing Steph just magically turn it on out of nowhere just was my, like, wow, I'm in the NBA. A testament to Steph Curry's greatness. Um, but, For sure. you know, is it, Armani, is it kind of hard to, you know, maybe separate a little bit? You know, obviously, you know, anybody who plays the game of basketball, anybody who talks about the game of basketball, we, we love the game, right? Mm-hmm. Is it hard to separate at times being a fan of the game versus you're like, no, like, I'm not like I'm not watching Steph Curry hoop like that's my peer now. I'm playing on the same yeah. court as him. Is it hard to separate that at times? Or are you still a little starstruck when you see somebody go out there like a Steph or a Dame or somebody like that? 
Yeah, like you you got to find a way to like separate it when you're on the floor with them. Cause like, if you go out there starstruck, like it's not going to be good, but like, you got to find a way to just click it off. So like, like maybe going through warmups, you could be like, wow, that's Steph, you know? And then, but once you check into the game and it's game action, you got to be like, all right, now I got to try to stop this dude. Cause he trying to kill, you know, he trying to go for 30. And so um, the only time I'm, I guess I can say I'm truly, truly uh, like a real fan is if I'm just watching at home. But other than that, like if I'm participating in the game with them, like I'm trying to, we're trying to win the game. Like we competing. You you've been catching the playoff game so far? Oh yeah, for sure. I've been watching all of it, as many as I can. All right, then I gotta know who's your who's your sleeper team right now that you got picked and what's been the best game so far that you've watched? Best game that I've watched so far was probably Ooh. I don't know. That first New York game, New York and Atlanta game was really mm-hmm. good. It was really good. But that Bucks game was really good too, the first game. Um yeah, that was, I think the Knicks game was probably the best game that I've seen so far. It was a great game, down to the wire. Okay. And then you were, you know, we just got finished talking about Steph Curry. But, you know, you've now broken records that were held by Steph and Dame, right? You know, 46 three-pointers through 17 played games, breaking the record that I guess Steph and Dame were tied, I think, at 43 through mm-hmm. through 17 games. So what does that mean to have your name in a conversation with two players like that? And is it a good omen for your future in this league? Yeah, I hope it's a good omen for my future. Um, but no, it's just a great feeling to be able to even say my name in the same sentence as those guys. Uh, you know, two future Hall of Famers. And um, then there goes Armani Brooks, who's still working his way up the, you know, up the ranks. But, um, you know, I feel like it's a good start. And, um, you know, just hopefully I can keep continuing to build, continue to get better. And, um, you know, we could just see how far I can go with this. We'll continue this conversation with Houston Rockets' Armani Brooks in just a second after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. Look, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. NBA playoffs are here right now, and you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of that and more, including NHL and UFC over at BetOnline. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. It's time to get in on the action. So head over to their website and use promo code Locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit when you use promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Another message from our friends over at Built Bar. Look, if you've never had a protein bar that you've actually enjoyed, you have to check out Built Bar. They are the number one protein bar on the market right now. You want to know why? Because they're not actually protein. They're basically candy bars that are jam-packed with protein. They've got so many awesome flavors to choose from. Coconut, cherry, raspberry, salted caramel, my personal favorite, coconut brownie chunk. So many great flavors. Every single bar is coated in delicious chocolate. It's basically a candy bar. Every single one is low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great if you're on a keto diet. And you can check them out. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your very first order. Again, that's promo code Locked 15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Chatting with Houston Rockets guard Armani Brooks. Who's the toughest player that you've had to check so far? 
I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm going to go out there. I don't remember seeing any plays. Obviously, I watch every single game, and I'm sure yeah. you've seen. I pulled plenty of highlights. I don't ever remember seeing you, like, get dropped or anything, so I don't think you got any, like, bad <laughs> highlights out there. But I'm sure you just had a moment where you were like, that guy's too fast or too strong or what? Yeah. Def, Steph was really hard to guard because just you got to respect his jumper so much that if he even look at the rim, you like jumping. So it's really hard to guard Steph, and he's so fast that he can just go by you in an instant too. So it's um, you know, it's hard to guard Steph for sure. Jordan Clarkson is really hard to guard because he has like unlimited freedom. He can like and it, it he's strictly like he can get in a bucket. So it's hard to guard somebody like that. But um, it's just every night you guard really good players like, and it's so hard to just you know. Everyone's a like perfected the art of scoring pretty much, and so it's almost impossible to try to guard them. So you try to um, make them make a couple moves so that your help defense can get to your back. But um, you know, everyone at this league is just so talented, so it's really hard to guard everybody almost. Is there anybody, you know, we I feel like we, we talking about Steph way too much on a Rockets podcast. I'm going to get some flack about this. <laughs> but, you know, is there anybody that you, you know, maybe look at some film of and you try to pick up some, some you know, tips and tricks from? And I, I, I mentioned Steph because obviously he's so lethal both with the ball in his hands but also without having the ball in his hands. And is that maybe somebody or is there anybody else that you kind of look at film at to see how you can be effective, you know, as a shooter in this system and, and for the Rockets? Yeah, I watch a lot of Seth Curry highlights. His, you know, because you know, I feel like they both just move so well without the ball, and um, you know, they really come off screens with great speed, great footwork, and great balance. And um, it's just every like every time that they touch the ball, you think it's a shot. So um, you know, I think that them being able to shoot the way they can, and hopefully I can reach the you know the shooting capabilities that they have, and um, and if I can pick up the few nuances that they have in their game, then I think I could really make a jump. I, I got to say it, man, because we were f- fanning out about this the other day, but your jump shot is one of the cleanest looking jumpers I've ever seen. <laughs> like, and I'm not just saying that because I got you here on the pot. I'm saying that because it looks so smooth when you rise up, when you elevate, when you really get that clean look off. Where did, you know, who do you attribute to that the most? Was that just, did you just kind of naturally pick it up yourself? Do you have a shooting coach you want to give a shout out to? Where did that yeah. come from? Yeah, definitely. You know, my dad was a big part of, you know, figuring out my jumper. I used to shoot with my elbow out really bad, so I was never a consistent shooter. But going into high school, like, I fixed my elbow, you know, being out, and um, I, it really helped me go a long way with shooting. And, um, you know, but I have a shooting coach. His name Zach Urbanus in Austin, Texas. And, um, you know, he's my guy that I work out with when I'm up here. And um, shout out to my guy Zach for, uh, you know, helping me, you know, with little things like footwork coming off the of screens, keeping my balance, um, you know, hold my follow through just the little things that really go a long way in developing a jumper. So Armani, the Rockets have this, you know, interesting mix of young guys like yourself and then veterans like, you know, John, Eric, DJ, mm-hmm. Kelly. What have you learned from being around those guys? Yeah, you know, just learned how to be a pro, like how to play at this level, how to carry yourself um, on and off the floor, um, you know, be on time to everything, never be late. And, um, yeah, just really how to be a pro and how to live day-to-day life like an NBA player and um, not letting too many things get inside your head that it could really mess you up. So every, everybody's got their routines, you know, their day-to-day. So what is Armani Brooks's game-day routine? Like your go-to meal, your shooting drills, walk us through it. Uh, normally, so I'll wake up, shoot around or normally at 10. So I'll get to the gym at like 8.45 and I'll shoot from 9 to 9.30. 
Um, from 9.30 to 10, I'll normally eat like an omelet just to get some food in my body before shoot around. Shoot around will end around 10.45. Um, so I'll go eat again. Normally like Chipotle, I'll probably go to like a Chipotle, give me a bowl or burrito. Um, double chicken always. <laughs> um, and then I just go home, take a nap, wake up about four-ish, get to the gym about 4.45. And then um, once you get there, you go lift weights, uh, do a little, well, not really lift weights, a little activation, wake your body up and um, go on the floor. And I do a shooting drill. You got to make six out of eight shots from seven spots and you can't miss, yeah, you six out of eight from eight, from seven spots. And um, you only get three tries at each spot. So if you miss it three times, then you, you skip a spot and um, shoot two free throws, a dunk, and then two corner threes. And then after that, you go in there and listen to music and get your mind ready for the game. Go over to scouting report some more, just little things like that. So t- time was obviously really limited this season. You know, everything mm-hmm. going on, and then you got the jam-packed schedule towards the end. But what has the work been like between you, Steven Silas, and the rest of the coaching staff? Yeah, you know, we did everything the right way. As much as we could, we were in the gym, uh, you know, getting extra work in, going over plays, uh, going over game details, and um you know, we finished the season on a positive note, I feel like. And, um, you know, we were practicing the right way, still doing shoot-arounds. We just didn't let the fact that we weren't, you know, going to the playoffs affect how we were going to work each day. And um, I just think that's a big tribute to Coach Silas and the coaching staff that they want to do everything the right way regardless of what's going on. And um, it makes you respect them that much more that he didn't give up on us. You, you mentioned it in one of your post-game press conferences. You said something like, you know, the mentality that this team has – you know, it doesn't matter if we're going out there with five guys, right? Talking about all the different, you know, roster turnover and guys in and out due to injury, just you know, everything going on. Where does that mentality really stem from? I just think that when you have a bunch of guys who are who are fighting for it, fighting for their careers, fighting for just fighting for pride, really, like, you know, we knew we had an injury-ridden roster. Like, so every night we were going not even know who was playing. So we just go out there and – get our minds like we like regardless we're going to play 30 minutes whoever it is we got to play 30 minutes so we were just like man we just got to fight every single night like we're gonna fight we're not gonna lose by 40 we're not gonna let teams come out here and just straight up embarrass us um so we had to fight through a lot of fatigue a lot of knickknack injuries and um a lot of you know a lot of adversity but um you know i wouldn't have wanted to go through it with a different group of guys like every day we worked hard we fought every game we made every game somewhat competitive if not really competitive and down to the wire and um it was a great just to be a part of something like that and even coach would be like he's proud of us just how hard we fighting and how we playing the right way every day no 100 percent. you know I'm, I'm right there with you somebody who's you know I'm, I'm not i'm not out there battling with you guys but like you know i'm going through the games with you i'm seeing you know all the hard work all the effort the blood sweat tears being poured in there and mm-hmm. i armani i can't remember the last time i saw a team that you know held the worst record in the NBA, but was pushing teams, you know, playoff caliber teams to the final buzzer, you know, over the course of a game because y'all were really out there fighting so hard every single night. And and from you, as you got more games under your belt, we talked about like your playmaking earlier, but we really started seeing more from you. We saw more, more handling, more cutting, driving and finishing at the rim. What really allowed you to start showcasing more of your talent? Yeah, just, you know, just being labeled as just a shooter is, um, you know, is a good thing because it just shows the respect that they have for that certain skill level. But um, 
being able to go out and show like there's a little more that I can do, especially just playing off the catch and playing off the ability to my ability to um shoot three balls. It um you know it just opens up the game a lot more for your teammates and like opens up the in between game, the finishing at the rim and um stuff like that. So being able and then just adjusting to the speed and the and the physicality of the game, knowing when to pick your shots and knowing when to attack, when to shoot, it um it can help you when you're getting comfortable. And we talked earlier about, you know, just that chemistry, the development between you and, and KJ, KPJ, you know, all of that. How does that help you and your game kind of, you know, knowing those guys, knowing their tendencies a little bit and just how you guys have all grown and developed together as a group? Yeah, it just shows because, you know, when you play with someone, you learn their tendencies, you learn their spots. They learn your tendencies. They learn your spots. You know their strengths and their weaknesses. So you can kind of know when to give the ball to a person in certain like in certain situations because you feel like they'll succeed in this situation or you feel like this is not a good position for me to put them in. And um, I just think that goes a long way with just, you know, winning games. The more comfortable you get with somebody and the more you genuinely like somebody, the more you want them want to succeed. And um, when individuals start succeeding, I feel like that's when a team can succeed because everybody's just sacrificing and playing the right way and just playing hard for each other. What was the what was the reaction for you and for the team to KPJ's fifty point game? Man, we were all excited for him. Um, once we saw that he could do it, we just started force feeding him the ball, like, bro, just go do you. Like, whatever, we don't care what's going on, just do you. And um, you know, he was. I was genuine. I was really happy for him, and I feel like everyone was. And then we got the win. It just it couldn't have been a better night that night. And, and you know, you talk about force feeding in the ball, and I think that you know, in that in the over the course of that game, it really kind of didn't feel like he was, you know, just taking a bunch of ill-advised mm-hmm. shots. It really felt like he was still playing within the flow of the game. And I mm-hmm. want to point out, right there, right, I'm sure you remember this at the very end, right, that final play of the game. You know, he could have been greedy. He could have gone for the bucket to try and get 50. He was sitting on 49, and instead he made that read and got the ball mm-hmm. to Jay Sean under the bucket. And, and Jay mm-hmm. Sean unfortunately missed the shot, but it was the right play that he made. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? You know, when you see you know your teammate KPJ out there, right? Instead of being greedy trying to get his, you know, he goes for the team play. Is that kind of an embodiment of what you guys have been trying to personify this season? That team first mentality. Yeah, for sure. It just shows the, it just shows his maturity level as a player. It's like we don't care. I don't care how good of a game I'm having. I'm still gonna play the game the right way. It's not just about me. It's about the team at the end of the day. And um, that's it's just a great thing that he'll like that everyone on our team would do. I feel like and um, you know, being able to have people on your team that'll do that shows that you you want to be able to go to war with those guys and you know you want to play with them day in and day out. So this offseason, what's the focus? Is there anything specific that the coaches have told you about or that you've identified yourself that you want to work on? You mentioned the playmaking, you know, a little bit. You know, is that it or is there something more there? Yeah, I really want to work on my body, you know, get my body a little bit stronger so I can, you know, play day in and day out. Um, on ball and off ball defense, just being in the right spots and, you know, uh, um, closing out the people and getting fighting over pick and rolls when I'm guarding uh, the pick and roll ball handler. And, um also, yeah, my playmaking and um, I've obviously continue to make shots at a high level. That'll probably be a, a big part of it. But um, definitely defense and my body are my two biggest focuses this offseason. 
I feel like we don't have to worry about you being able to make shots. I mean, that's uh, that, that's obviously you're very, you know, that's very much well within your bag. Um, but I, I'm sure the bag is a lot deeper, and I'm excited to see, you know, what else you decide to pull out uh, down the line. But you know, I also want to know, like, just moving forward, right? What are the chances that we get, a, you know, get an opportunity to maybe see you and KJ someday at All Star Weekend? You know, three point shootout, <laughs> dunk contest. Would you, would you, if, 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 if they called you up and they're like, Armani, we want you in the three point shootout, would you do it? Oh yeah. Without question. Without question. Would you be taking home the trophy? Ooh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go in with the mindset to take home the trophy. There we <laughs> There's go. There's a lot of great shooters in this league, but I'm going to go out there and compete. And, and then, you know, for, for KJ, I got to So he's had some of the craziest highlights this season. And, you know, y'all have gotten close time with the Vipers, now time with the team. For you, what's your what's your favorite highlight of his? Like just the the play and you're like, you think back and you're like, yeah, that's that's a sports center top ten right there. Um, there's actually two. So when he caught that lob against Milwaukee at Milwaukee on Brooke Lopez, I I was on the bench when he caught it. And when Kelly threw it, I was like, there's no way he dunks this ball. He, bro, when I tell you he jumped so, it was unbelievable how high he got to dunk that ball. And he caught it, man, me and KP was on the bench literally like jumping up and down, running around, going crazy. And then there was another one against Milwaukee at home. And I think Bobby Portis was driving baseline and he was about to dunk the ball. And KJ jumped so late and blocked it at like the last second. I just knew for a fact he was going to get dunked on. But he came and blocked it. I was like, this dude, like, the how fast he gets off the floor is unbelievable. And, like, he's such a – like, and he times his blocks so well and he times his dunks so well. Like, he's one of the craziest athletes I've ever seen. I, I mean, when we see the highlights, I mean, we're right there with you. It's it's impressive to watch. Um, yeah. And I'm sure it's even crazier to see it, you know, right there, courtside, eye level, to, to you know, to see him working mm-hmm. in practice and everything. And, you know, he his growth has been awesome to see. But mm-hmm. – I got I got a couple for a couple more for you, Armani. Before we get you out of here, and the the last one's a little silly, but how do you feel about that Armani Brooks nickname? Arm sorry, Armani Brooks nickname floating around, or, or, or should we just stick with should we just stick with Sniper? <laughs> uh, honestly, like you y'all guys, I don't. It don't matter to me. I don't care. <laughs> it don't matter. They all they all have a good meaning behind them, so they all it, it's all free game for me. All right, all right. Well, then we'll. I mean, I'm a big fan of Sniper. I love. I love that one. It's, it's, it's perfect because it fits, right? I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's perfect. Uh, and, and the last thing, man, before we get you out of here, what do you want to tell Rockets fans listening to this pod right now? Uh, that I appreciate y'all, every single one of y'all, um, for watch, for tuning in and watching us play day in and day out. I promise y'all, we're working as hard as we can to be better individually and as a team. And um, we're gonna try to make the city of Houston as proud as possible. And um. We're going to keep fighting for y'all every day. All right, Armani. I really appreciate you, appreciate you taking the time to be here with us today, man. Yes, sir. Of course. appreciate you having me. Armani Brooks of the Houston Rockets, ladies and gentlemen. For today's episode of Locked on Rockets, that is going to do it. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.